Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey everyone, you are listening to Going for Goal, the weekly women's health podcast. My name is Roisin, I'm a senior editor on women's health and this is your weekly chance to plug in, be inspired and get expert advice on how to achieve the health and wellness goals that matter most to you. Now, if there's been one common thread weaving through your episode request messages over the past couple of months, it would be that you guys really want our experts' help with breaking out of unhealthy eating patterns. Some examples, very much not all of them. Lauren wants to learn how to curb her snacking. Hannah wants tips that will stop her snacking specifically on junk food. Layla wants help with disrupting this emotional eating reflex. And Katie Genevieve wants strategies that will help her from overeating in general. That's one end of the spectrum. At the other, plenty more of you want tips on how you can stop falling back into restrictive habits around food when you're feeling the pressure of the pandemic. Whatever the negative eating pattern you're looking to shake off right now, I hope you'll find some answers and some relief in this conversation. At the end of June, I was joined by Dr. Laurel Mellon, a health psychologist, associate clinical professor of family medicine at the University of California, San Francisco, and founder of Emotional Brain Training, a system which she'll explain all about later on. Also joined by Renee McGregor, who is a leading sports and eating disorders dietitian with over 20 years experience. Longtime listeners might remember her from our first episode, which looked at the goal of how to lose weight healthily without crash dieting. In the conversation that follows, we covered everything from simple ways to eradicate that evening sugar craving to strategies for how you can break up with stress eating for good. Let's have a listen. Renee McGregor and Dr. Laurel Mellon, welcome to Going for Goal. Thank you for having us. <laughs> what a pleasure. Oh, it's brilliant to have you on. So this week we are talking about the topic of how to break out of negative eating patterns, which I think is super pertinent. We're recording this at the end of June. And in the UK, we've been in lockdown as many other places in the world have been. And I think with all that disruption, there's people have really noticed differences to their eating habits. Lots of people have been in touch with us to talk about how this is really getting them down and they really want advice on how they can stop overeating, how they can stop kind of emotional stress eating or how they can be careful that they don't slip into an unhealthy binge and restrict cycle. So that's a bit of background as to why we're doing the episode. But before we get into all that, you two both come at this topic from very, very interesting vantage points. Starting with Laurel, can you explain how you became to be such an expert in this field? 
it started with myself. I think when you're talking about something that's really painful and frustrating, if you have your own personal experience, it's going to inspire you. And I first started having an overeating problem at the age of 11 when I was bullied and I ended up going for sugar and it led to me being a nutritionist and a faculty member in the School of Medicine at UCSF. And I could find that nutrition actually added to your stress if you were stress eating with sugar or whatever, but it wasn't the root cause of the problem. So I went on from nutrition to health psychology and to neuroscience because what I found mm. was that when we actually balanced out the brain, chemically and, and uh, electrically, that people stopped overeating. And when I first discovered this, I, it was long before the neuroscience has been done. So I was completely committed for life to finding out what was the root cause of all the overeating. Of course, in the process, I solved my own problem, but I also created a national movement and even international movement to get into the emotional brain because that's the seat of the overeating. So it was actually very personal and also very scientific because that's my background. Mm. I'm at a school of medicine. I want to look at what is, show me the science. And it took me how many years, almost 40 years to get that <laughs> one clean. But the science is really clear now about overeating and it's such good news. Yeah. Oh, it's such an interesting journey and I can't wait to get stuck into the, um, the details or the science in a sec. Um, but Renee McGregor, this is your return to the Going for Gold podcast. Yes, I can't believe you have me back on again. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, Renee was on our first episode, which was all about kind of healthy weight loss and sustainable, sensible weight loss. But Renee, for people that haven't listened to that weight loss episode, definitely, by the way, do go back and listen if you haven't, because it's brilliant. Um, but for people that haven't and they're not familiar with you, can you tell them kind of how you became uh, to be doing what you do? Yeah, sure. I mean, I started... Um, life as a by bi doing biochemistry and then I moved into clinical dietetics um, and I worked in clinical dietetics for about I don't know seven eight years and then I actually ended up working in um, sports nutrition and when I was a clinical dietitian my speciality was working in um, mainly adolescent eating disorders but obviously saw a range um throughout my career in in the clinical mm. field and then as I moved into sport um it became very very clear to me that there was such a big overlap between um personality types and kind of extreme behaviors particularly around mm. sort of exercise and food and um you know I was seeing more and more similar traits to what I'd seen in adolescent units and and kind of the places I'd worked in with 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 eating, just people with straight eating disorders within the sports world. And I suppose that has become my specialist area in that I work um, mainly with individuals who are very active. So it doesn't have, they don't have to be like professional athletes or elite level athletes, but they are those individuals that are very active, take their fitness or their sport very seriously, but actually have ended up developing a dysfunctional relationship with both food and training in the, in the mix of it. And I guess through that, like, you know, I've done um, I've done extra study in things like neuroscience and mental health um, and psychology to kind of really understand the full cycle of what goes on because it's never about food and exercise. You see, it's always about what's going on internally, deep rooted, and so it's about helping people to understand their behaviour 
and where it comes from and what the purpose of that behavior is and then helping them to get a much better relationship with food and exercise. So kind of question to both of you. Thanks for those intros. What do you think? Obviously, we've been at a time, Laurel, you're uh, dialing in from the US. So the experience there I know has been has been different, but still still pretty intense. But what do you think about the, the, the way that our lives have changed over the past three months? What about that do you think may have impacted people and could have led them to kind of fall into these negative eating patterns? Well, you know, what's interesting is if you really look at food and eating, exactly what Renee was saying is there is a root cause. And I will say that it makes me sad to say this, uh, that the root cause is very simple. And the root cause is stress in the brain. And the more stress you have in the brain, I want you to imagine that you have this thinking brain, which is what is sort of the executive function of, you know, I, I'm conscious about what I should eat or what I'm doing. But the real powerhouse that has to do with all these excesses, including overeating, undereating, stress eating, is the emotional brain or the unconscious mind. And when that unconscious mind is flooded with stress the way it's been and really preventive from the natural ways of releasing stress that are not based on neuroscience but are just based on getting out and exercising, connecting with mm -hmm. people, being in a free environment, when you're really, you're really not able to get those natural pleasures, there's more stress in the brain. I'm going to be a little complicated here, but it's really important for your listeners to know this science. And that is in your beautiful emotional brain that's right in the the unconscious mind, this, the emotional circuits in that in that brain cause you to do everything you do. Essentially, everything we do is controlled by the emotional brain. And when that those circuits start being stressed out, it's, it's not that uh, what we do, but the fact is that we're going to do something to get relief because there are chemical changes in the brain that make us essentially like a sitting duck because we are going to be hungry. We are going to crave sugary, fatty foods. We're going to tend to be lethargic, be depressed, and gaining weight. And so the solution is not to go in a million different directions. It's, uh, from my perspective anyway, if you try to change your behavior without changing those emotional circuits, and they're really easy to control, what happens is you get success in the short term but you, you don't take the opportunity to actually learn how to shut off the stress in your emotional brain. So you either have mm -hmm. short-term changes with weight and eating, or in fact, you just switch from you know food to drinking to over-exercise over to all of these excesses are caused by the brain in stress. And that's why we use emotional brain training. It's very simple. It works for regardless of your age or gender or anything else. It's just really simple. It's just how the emotional brain works. You can actually shut off that stress in a couple of minutes. It's a collaborative effort with neuroscientists, neuroplasticity experts, neurophysiologists, because it's really when the old way of thinking about how we lived, it was psychology versus biology, but versus, you know, is it a medical problem? Is it a behavioral problem? Is it a psychological problem? In the emotional brain, it puts all of them together. Renee, what's your take of why this moment can be, could maybe tip people into these negative eating patterns? For me, what I've noticed through the lockdown particularly is that the number of people reaching out for support to me has been huge. And mm. I think for me, what what the, the biggest 
the, the biggest kind of um, cause of that was the heightened anxiety. So we went into lockdown literally overnight in the UK and the, there was so much uncertainty and so much anxiety. And, you know, a lot of individuals who have a difficult relationship with food, they don't have the ability to manage their emotions. So very similar to what, you know, to what Lawrence has been saying is that they they often deny those difficult emotions, often because they've never been taught how to deal with them properly. And so, you know, when you've never learned how to be curious about the emotions, you do sometimes jump to coping mechanisms that help you to defend yourself from those emotions. So, mm. you know, like you know, Viktor Frankl is one of the most amazing psychologists out there and his kind of, his a process and approach around providing yourself with space around your thoughts so that you can then respond appropriately is kind of, you know, really important in this in, the, in this time, in the sense that, mm. you know, a lot of people were coming to me saying, I feel anxious, I feel stressed, I feel, you know, I feel um, scared, I feel uncertain. And the thing is, when you, when you use that language with yourself, when you say, I feel something, you automatically become that, you know, you, you fully and utterly become that, that, that emotion. And yet, we are mm. not our emotions, you know, emotions are a barometer telling us that something's going on for us but we're not those emotions. And so when I'm working with individuals, I'm I'm asking them to be a bit more um, compassionate towards themselves. And I'm asking them to say, okay, instead of saying, I am feeling anxious, mm. ask, do it in the way that you say, I am noticing that I feel anxious, so that you are separating yourself from that emotion. And then you can start to explore that emotion. Like, what is that about? And, and like, where... Where has that come from? What I've noticed is that there's there's two camps. There's individuals that are really needing comfort at this time. And so maybe they are looking towards food to try and have that comfort. And then there are mm. the individuals, the ones I generally tend to work with, who are so incredibly anxious and don't want to experience that anxiety that they want to numb it. And they numb it by restricting their intake because that helps them to temporarily stop them from experiencing, you know, those difficult feelings. So big question, big question um, to both of you. But I think, Laurel, let's start with you. How do people, how do people do it? What's the first step? The first step is to appreciate that you have had times in your life where you felt in complete control of food and everything else. And even though in your mind you said, well, life is going well right now, this is why, under the hood, if you pop the hood of your inner life into your body, it means that your brain is at a state of connection that we call brain state one. So I, I want first for everyone to know that there's nothing wrong with you. In this moment, if you were at brain state one, you would not undereat, overeat, be depressed, uh, be irritable with your, your spouse or partner. All of those stress-related mm. patterns would go away. Brain state one, and that's called neural integration. There are five levels of stress in the brain. And so what I want you to do is similar to what Renee said, you really need to understand yourself, to see yourself, to love yourself, to be connected to yourself. But the thinking brain has one priority. Instead of analyzing everything and figuring everything out, the essential uh, strategy is to know your stress number. 
one, feeling absolutely great, two, good, three, a little stressed, four, stressed out, and five, uh, overwhelmed with stress. When you are at five, you are going to safety eat or under eat. You're going to go to extremes. The brain's going to tell you you're going to die if you don't get that food, or if you have an eating disorder, if you do eat, you're going to die. So it's a, it's about mm. power and survival and safety. The, dr- the, the drives are overwhelming. If you're at four, you're actually eating for love. And the reason is in the brain, once you're at brain state four, which is definitely stressed, the brain can't emotionally connect with ourselves or others. And because we're mammals, we need love. So we'll associate food with love. And we'll get triggered to overeat and we'll eat and eat and eat because we're not getting the love from the cookies or the donuts or whatever that is that we need. If you're at three, you're a little wobbly with stress and you're going to be comfort eating. At two, you're going to be pleasure eating. At one, you don't even care about the food. You know whether you're hungry or not and eating healthy food tastes delicious. Mm. So just knowing your brain state and knowing what need you're fulfilling is great. And then it, then what happens is instead of saying, why am I doing this? Why should I eat it? Should I not? And all these thinking brain type things. If you're in stress, your thinking brain's not going to be doing well. You're going to be ruminating. You're going to be obsessing. All you do is check your number and then use the emotional tool for that number. And within two to four minutes, you'll be at one and you'll say, oh, I don't have that appetite anymore. This is just neurophysiology and all the other techniques you use. Like if you go to your nutritionist or if you go to your doctor or you go to your therapist, you'll be able to do whatever they tell you to do and have these insights because you've cleared the stress away. So you're at brain state one. So we see this as emotional brain training is fundamental uh, to all of healthcare and mental health care and behavioral care because when you take care of the stress, you take care of 80% to 90% of the problem. And then you can be rational and you don't have those strong drives. And you say, wow, this is so easy. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So you talk about there being like emotional tools, which so it, you, they are uh, useful at whatever brain state to do. 
So if I'm at brain state four, yes. so not completely overwhelmed, but pretty much on my way <laughs> with stress and I am like habitually reaching for food that I know isn't going to make me feel good. What would be the tool that you recommend me to do to kind of snap out of that? Actually, it's a cycle tool, and it's just exactly what Renee was speaking about, difficult emotions. But we're, in EBT, we don't work our way through difficult emotions by being analytical or even mindfully aware because they're really nasty. At brain state three, four, or five, these emotions get really stuck. You get in anxiety and depression and overwhelm and uh, irritability. And the emotions really need just to be unpacked. I can demonstrate it if you want, how to unpack those feelings. Okay, so you first, your mother probably told you never to complain. That was hogwash. I don't know if that's a, a British term either, but in the American <laughs> America, that's hogwash. <laughs> yeah, we know hogwash. And essentially, this is a technique you can use for anything. If you have a fight with your husband, if you, um, if you have a procrastination work stall, these are just basic tools that we all need, particularly because the stress is mm. not going away. It's not about getting past COVID or even the revolutions that are going on. The, the speed of change in our culture, we are going to be stressed out. This is the age of the emotional brain. You need these emotional brain training tools so you can be your best self. I'm going to do it right now. The first thing is, is all it is is a series of what we call lead-ins, which is your, your thinking brain says a little phrase, and then you wait for your emotional brain to complete the sentence, the unconscious mind. So I'm going to first complain, and then I'm going to be angry to blow off a lot of steam. I'm going to feel my feelings. I'm going to find out why I'm eating what I'm why I'm eating, and I'm just going to shut off that circuit. Okay, this is an emotional circuit. Okay. So I'm just going to do what I, you know, you do it a thousand times. I, the situation is, so I'm going to complain. Situation is, I'm totally and completely uh, uh, out of control of food. I, I know I should not eat this yeah. stuff, and I still keep eating. And I tell myself in the morning I'm not going to eat it, and then I eat it. So nice complaint, right? Real quick. The sit. Then you wait for your emotional brain to organize all of that information, and it will tell you what you're most upset about. And then you wait and you say, what I'm most stressed about is, and I wait and listen to my body where you experience your emotional brain, uh, I'm out of control of my food. Okay, great. We've got a topic. Now we're going to unpack the emotions. First with anger because it clears the stress so that you're thinking smarter. If you're not thinking smart, you're not going to be able to process your emotions well. So I feel angry that I'm out of control of food. I can't stand it that I'm out of control of food. And if you stay in anger a little bit like that, it will naturally unpack itself with sadness. I feel sad that I'm out of control. And then fear. I feel afraid. This is universal in the brain. I feel afraid that I will never stop eating and I will make myself sick. And I will never get over this and I'll have this the rest of my life. And then your part of it is guilt. It's really where your power is. What could I do differently? I feel guilty that I don't just stop all this overeating, why I keep doing it. And then you wait with your body and your emotional brain, your unconscious mind will unlock a circuit that is the deeper need, the unconscious need for why you're doing what you're doing. And it also unlocks the circuit so that you can change the circuit. So it's not just an insight, it's a change in your biology in that wire. So of course, so be loving to yourself because it's all about love, really. I, of course, I would uh, keep on overeating because the message in my brain, the unreasonable expectation is I get my mm. love from eating sweets. 
oh my gosh, that rings true. And once you say that, you're just now you're looking at it, you're looking at the food and you say, wait a minute, I cannot get the love I truly need from food. I really can't. You're actually training your brain to break the wire that's causing your overeating and you're stopping the craving in the moment. And then the brain clears and you go up to a brain state one. You say, I can get my love from where am I going to get it? I'm not going to get it at food. I got to get it somewhere else. I can get my love from connecting to the deepest part of myself and loving (laughs) myself when all the dopamine comes out. Essentially, the endorphins come out, the oxytocin comes out, and you could care less about the food. Big old neurochemical party up there. (laughs) We're all feeling great. That's fascinating. And the way you explained it there, it feeds in so nicely to Renee, your point when you were talking about Viktor Frankl and that point about making spaces between your emotions and who you are. And I think, Laura, when you were explaining that, it's like you become almost an observer of your emotion. Renee, I'd love to get some of your tips and tactics as well for how people can break the cycle of these unhealthy uh, and negative eating patterns. This is a simple kind of, I suppose, food trick rather than a, a psychological trick, but just getting them to redistribute their energy through the day. I say just getting them to, it's actually quite difficult because a lot of them are stuck in this fear that if they eat during the day, what if they eat during the day and they still feel like they want to eat more in the evening and then they're eating more than they, they normally do and then that's going to be terrible. So it's mm. it's about creating the trust and then helping them to see that actually if you eat you know, uh, regular meals, you balance your blood sugar levels, you provide your body with nutrition that it requires, then it's less likely to want to binge physiologically. That doesn't take the emotional side of it out, but it does take Mm. the physiological aspect. So that's one way I would go down in terms of depending on where somebody, when somebody comes to me and what they're showing signs of. Yeah. If someone is, um, the opposite end where they're very restrictive about their eating, then Often I would look at what their beliefs are around food and what their beliefs are around exercise and what their beliefs are actually about themselves and also body image because that comes into play a lot. With those individuals, if you can start to get a feel for what their beliefs are, like sometimes it's the food beliefs are really simple. It'd be something like if I eat carbs, I'll get fat or if I, Mm. if I, you know, I, or the exercise ones, be I have to you know, run X miles before I can earn my food. Like these are things I hear in clinic all the time. These are deep set beliefs. And mm-hmm. and like Laurel was saying, if you repeat something enough, when you when you repeat a belief enough in that subconscious mind, you're telling yourself it again and again and again, it becomes your truth. So then, you know, it creates that threat, that stress. So it becomes very difficult to eat the carb because eating the carb starts makes your body feel like you're under threat and then your body's trying to make sense of of what to do and it can feel incredibly frightening so one of the first things to do with individuals like that is to help them see that their beliefs and ask them where have these beliefs come from and are they assumptions Mm -hmm. they've made or are they actually factual where's the evidence people beat themselves up so much and I think that the the term comfort eating, stress eating, emotional eating are all interchanged quite often. So it can get quite confusing because personally, I don't have an issue with sometimes needing food for comfort. When you talk about 
redistributing your calories and your energy in a way that will help hopefully help you stop going into these unhealthy eating patterns and kind of what does that look like practically so I think the key thing is is making sure that you're trying to eat every three hours like that's quite a, a big like quite a key sort of aspect because our blood sugars will you normally will have something to eat and then our blood sugars will start to drop within you know within three to four hours so trying to keep on top of that is quite important and also having a real mix of food groups so you know like I always say combine things like carbs and protein or carbs and fat um so that could be things like you know you might have porridge and um uh, nuts and, and 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 milk and stuff or and then you know a few hours later a banana and peanut butter and then you'd have your lunch which could be something like I don't know couscous and chicken and vegetables um mid-afternoon you might have some sort of like I don't know um maybe a piece of cheese and a, an apple you know and then you'd have your evening meal um, and then you may have something like um I don't know some Greek yogurt and fruit before you go to bed but what that does is it kind of it's it's spreading out the energy throughout the day but it's also giving you foods that are going to you know maintain your blood sugars um Mm. without causing these big ups and downs which you know when you think about when people go into restrictive mode they basically hardly eat at all all day they'll eat maybe a bit of fruit they might have some salad which would just be like leaves and maybe a bit of protein and then they'll go into the evening of course their body's hungry and then it's going to crave you know sugar because the body likes the currency the body prefers is carbohydrate you know, and if you don't mm. give it enough food, if you don't give it the right amount, then it's going to start craving sugar. I have seen so many times in this lockdown when I've been working with people, when I look at people's food diaries, it's so evident that, you know, they say, oh, I just really like, I get a real, I've got a real sweet tooth. It's like, you haven't got a sweet tooth. You just don't give your body enough energy through the day. And so that's why come the evening, you're really looking for sugar. And I think, What's also, I think, really interesting is that, you know, people often use um, food from like, so if you do have a diet that is very, very high in, say, fruit and vegetables, which is great, we want that. But also, if that's not providing your body with enough energy, it's a very voluminous diet, so it'll make you feel full but you might not be getting the nutrition that you actually need, especially if you're very active. And so that, again, mm. then will cause the body to crave sugar later on because it's not got the, the density of energy that it actually needs. And it's something mm. I've noticed is when people are using a lot of protein powders in their food and a lot of those protein powders have got um, sweeteners in them. So again, they provide the density, but they don't always provide the energy that that person might need. And so again, that person might later on will be like, actually, I'm really craving sugar. So I think it's really important to have a really good look at what you're doing and what foods you're choosing and really ask yourself, am I feeding my body enough for the work that I'm asking my body to do? Laurel, do you, if there's one thing you want um, listeners to take away from this conversation, um, all about how they can break out of negative eating patterns, uh, what would it be? Whatever that eating pattern is, it's not about you. It's about a circuit, an emotional circuit in the brain that was implanted early in life or later during stress. And all you need to do is stop blaming yourself and learn simple emotional tools, emotional brain training, check in with yourself, trust yourself. 
and you'll spiral up to a state of connection in which your physiology is balanced, your emotions, and your behavior. And it's also a way out of the trap of thinking you really have a food problem. It's a stress problem, and the stress separates us from ourselves. When we reconnect with ourselves with these emotional tools, and the most important thing is if you deal with the root cause of food, because it's so primitive and important, what happens is you prevent yourself from going from one problem to the next, stopping overeating, stop starting overworking or getting anxious. Use a brain-based way to clear those problems so we can go on and make the world a better place. The world needs us right now to move forward. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Laurel. Um, Renee, same question to you. I think what I'd say is food is not the problem. You know, food is just the medium by which you're trying to defend yourself probably from the emotion that's difficult for you to handle but also that we beat ourselves up so much and it's so important to to be more compassionate towards yourself and what I mean by that is not the kind of what we hear all the time be kind self-care I'm talking about be more forgiving you know if you do have a bad day of eating or you've had a bad three months of eating that doesn't set you up for the next year to be bad of eating it's you know it's it's a a response to a situation that has been incredibly difficult for many of us so Mm. instead of beating yourself up and feeling this need to get it right and to to punish yourself and to restrict now you know just just be a bit more forgiving and approach it in a more um I suppose mindful manner is probably the, the term I would use is is you know look at what you need and And I would always say never, ever cut any food groups out because that's always going to set you up to fail. And I guess they're my my, my main takeaways for you guys. Oh, that's what a fantastic point to end on. Um, Renee McGregor and Dr. Laurel Mellon, thank you so much for coming on Going For Goal. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you. And thank you so much to all of you for listening. I really hope you enjoyed the episode. I really hope you found some of this useful. And obviously we're then in this episode, we're talking about negative eating patterns on a a certain level. If you really are struggling, please do get help. We're going to stick the contact for Eating Disorders Charity Beat in the show notes. So remember, if you are struggling, help is at hand. So do reach out. If you have enjoyed this episode, please do rate, review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're looking for help with a health goal you want to achieve, all you need to do is shoot us a message on Instagram, sticking going for goal and big capital letters at the start so we can't miss it. That's all from me for this week. I'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, have a great week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.